0: now is the time for men and women of great courage and great vision to engage our church and our culture now is the time to dare great things and here is your host as we dare great things father nathan cromley the president and founder of the saint john institute
1: sacred scripture is replete with references to leadership and the wisdom of the saints such as saint paul can have great impact for the leaders of today What does St. Paul leave behind him? In this series on the first letter of St. Paul to Timothy, I want to examine the lessons in leadership that Paul bequeaths to his young follower. In chapter 1, we see St. Paul leaving a legacy of character-based leadership that must both maintain the old and bring it to the new hello everybody i'm so glad to have this chance to preach the gospel with you and especially as the gospel pertains to this theme of leadership because the fact is when i speak about leadership a lot of times people say oh father's just talking about something that's you know concerning businesses and that doesn't touch my life and i want to just clear the air okay with you once and for all here When I speak about leadership, I'm not talking about things that's applied in the world of business alone. Leadership is the spirit that Christ has bequeathed to every single Christian, calling upon them to lay claim to their fate and lay claim to their life and to do something with it, empowered by his spirit for the glory of the father. Okay, so when I say leadership, I mean you shaping the world around you. And allowing God to use you as his instrument to bring this world to this place where God wants it to be. That means that void of leadership or absent of leadership, our world will not glorify God. Okay, it's not like leadership is some sort of optional thing here. Leadership is what you do when you host a Christmas party at your house, what you do when you put a crucifix around your neck, how you speak to your children and to your spouse, how you, I mean, it influences everything that we do to the degree that I shape the world. I lead it. So as a Christian, I am called to shape the world in the, in, as an instrument of God. Therefore, my friends, I am called to lead it. And I'm here because I don't think that God's word is irrelevant but for the fact that it was written 2,000 years ago. His word is living and effective, and he pours out his wisdom upon us today. It's, it's not, so it's not a question of whether or not God is speaking. The question is whether or not you and I are listening, right? So what I want to do is unpack for you the first letter of St. Paul to Timothy in the hopes that you'll actually listen. And you'll actually be able to change your life by hearing this incredible message of hope, especially pertaining to how you can reach out and shape the world around you as an instrument of God. Because that's exactly what St. Timothy had to do. We know this letter was probably written around 63 AD. Paul had been released from prison. He was he had gone back to Ephesus, put Timothy there in his charge. Then was going on to Macedonia. This is basically his third missionary journey, and he'd wrote, written this letter, most likely from his position there in Macedonia, back to Timothy, to encourage him, because Timothy was a very young man. When Paul met him, he was still in the custody of his parents, and you know, and, and so when Paul took him on his second missionary journey. He had journeyed with him through some of the hardest and most difficult moments in the life of St. Paul. He shared a partnership with Paul that had, Paul had shared previously with St. Barnabas. He was, in a, in a sense, Barnabas' replacement as Paul's key person to lean on. And Paul was bequeathing to him all kinds of knowledge, both about the gospel that he was preaching and also what the Lord had given to him as a mandate. So that he could actually leave the church that he had founded in the hands of saint timothy asking saint timothy to govern it in his stead that's exactly what saint timothy did so in the first letter of timothy saint paul is writing back to timothy and giving him a lot of advice and counsel as to how to lead in such a way to glorify christ so this is the best place in the whole bible to get the clearest message about what christ expects from us as leaders and how we can lead in a specifically Christian way. So let's begin this with a prayer. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, send out your spirit and renew our hearts. We ask you to flood our souls with your fire and the knowledge of your word. Make us men and women who will dare great things for your Son. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. St. John, pray for us. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the holy spirit amen Amen. all right in the first letter of saint timothy chapter one there are three main themes that are developed especially that pertain to us as leaders saint paul begins by saying that the leader is someone who has to hold fast what has been given to them right so we're going to talk about this in terms of the vision necessary for the leader on the common good or on the harmony that the body that he's leading needs to embody and to live out And then the second quality he speaks about is the impeccability of the leader's character so as to not give scandal. And then thirdly, St. Paul develops the theme of the leader who has to fight the good fight and be offensive in the sense of promoting what the the gospel has asked him to do in the face of difficulty and adversity. And so in these three themes, we're gonna go ahead and break these apart. The, the, The first is the key. St. Paul opens up his letter and he says this. He says, as I urged you when I was going to Macedonia, remain at Ephesus so that you may charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine, nor to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies which promote speculations rather than the stewardship from God that is by faith. The aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. All right, so Paul begins by coaching Timothy on the goal. And isn't this, of course, the key to what we're trying to do, all of us, in our leadership of other people? If we don't know where we're going, there's absolutely no way we're going to get there, folks. It's just real simple, right? The easiest way to get lost is to not know where you're going to begin with, right? And yet most of us lead our families just like that. We don't even know what we're doing with our families. What's the family for? What are kids for? You know, I mean, the church has been very clear. Your family is there to make saints for heaven, right? So if you're not leading your family in the faith and teaching them how to follow in the footsteps of Jesus Christ, the Savior, to live a life in the beatific vision with God, you're actually missing the point, right? The very first thing that I've got to do as a leader, I've got to take stock of that and say to myself, what is the goal and the vision that I have for each one of these kids, for my family as a whole, I mean, I think family life becomes a heck of a lot more exciting the moment that you put a mission to it and you say that my family is my mission. This is what I've been given to God in order to bear fruit in this world. I mean, can you imagine? Could you imagine what your spouse would do? If you came home from this talk today and you looked her in the eye and you said, I know where we're going. I'm going to lead this family to heaven. Holy cow. I mean, she'd be so amazed. Your husbands would just be so amazed if you said, honey, we can actually do this. Let's get our bearings straight. Because if we don't lead our family forward, the world will take our family backward. I'm getting tired of seeing families being used by marketing agencies, being used by businesses, being used for economic realities, by letting themselves be invaded by all kinds of crazy thinking and ways of living that actually are not part and parcel with the gospel. And if you're single, I can already read your mind. You're like, well, this doesn't apply to me. It totally applies to you because you can fight for that same mission of the family in an auxiliary fashion. Engaging in the ways of culture to promote this understanding of what culture is for. Society, our civil project altogether is not pointless, everybody. It is pointed. And the leader is the one who sees that point and moves the people around them towards their true goal. Our world is starving for that leadership. I think it's awesome how St. Paul right, at, right away, look at this. This is already in verse 5. He says right away, the aim of our charge is, colon, and then he says, it's the love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. I mean, isn't that amazing? So St. Paul's like, hey, listen, leaders, it's nice to meet you. And then here's the goal. And he puts that right in front of them. Don't let anything get between you and that goal. Keep your eyes on the prize, right? The aim of our charge is this. And he tells that to St. Timothy. So it means your first rule, St. Timothy, as a leader is to make sure that we don't stray from that point. Don't allow novelty and the new and what's new and exciting and what could be, recreate your leadership position, right? The leader is there to guard and govern the unity of the community that has been entrusted to them at the workplace, in the classroom, there in the nursing ward, wherever you are. If you're in charge of it, the first thing you have to do is say, do I know what we're striving for? Do I embody that in such a way that I keep us on that target because that's exactly what St. Paul told St. Timothy he needed to do. This is Father Nathan. Are you thinking of starting your own business or even better, thinking of starting your own ministry of some sort? As we know, success is not going to be determined solely upon spirituality. It also needs training, networking, understanding, and true leadership. This is why we started the St. John Leadership Institute in Denver, Colorado. Join our class this fall and start your business or your ministry on the right foot. Find out more on our website, SaintJohnLeadershipInstitute.org. All right, so St. Paul's talking to St. Timothy all about leadership, and he's saying the very first thing a leader has to do is keep their eyes on the prize, right? What is the focus? Do you know what the focus of your group is? A lot of times you just, we just say, oh no, the focus is profit. The profit cannot be the focus. Profit has to be the effect. Okay. Profit is a fruit. It's an effect. It's a fruit and effect of good leadership. But the leadership is if you aim at as the profit, you're going to actually miss the target. People don't come to your business because they want you to make profit. Okay. They come to their business because the business serves them. So if you're in charge of a business, you need to be thinking, are my, are my students happy? Are my parents happy? The happier they are, the profit will then come. Okay. So let's be real clear about that target from the beginning. Do we have it on our mind? What is then if it's not profit, what's it going to be? What are we aiming to do every single day? What's the mission of this, of this company, the mission of this business. And I'll tell you, the more, more profound the mission is, the more linked to the human spirit and more transcendent it becomes beyond just the exchange of goods, the more powerful it would be to generate, yes, both profit and also a truly transformative experience for everyone who is involved with you. You need to have that vision for what you do. Think bigger than it would, than just doing business. Business is not for its own sake. Business is there in order to help the people who engage in it to live better lives, to enjoy that experience and to produce a service that otherwise could not be produced. You guys are actually heroes and you just don't know it. You make this world turn. Well, I want you to make it turn for the, in the right direction right <laughs> and to do that first thing is what's your goal and what's your mission do you have a mission that's aligned with the spirit of jesus christ and the gospel i hope you do because then your mission is actually going to be glorifying god and as well as making profit right second thing that he develops though is right away this is verse 12 he says listen i thank him who has given me strength christ jesus our lord because he judged me faithful and appointed me to his service He's right away referencing himself and referencing St. Timothy as well and speaking to him saying, listen, the fact that who you are is vital for the mission you have received. I just think this is so amazing. Wherever St. Paul says there's a goal to be achieved, his next point is to look down and to say, and Timothy, you are the one who needs to achieve it. So like, because a lot of times I don't think we think of ourselves as being essential to the question. We think too little of our lives, which is why we allow ourselves to do things that are irresponsible, or we allow ourselves to not be possessed by this creative spirit of innovation and push forward into new places. Why is innovation so absent, for example, in our society and in our culture, in our church? Why? Why? I mean, we're supposed to be the people of, of the resurrection where, where life comes from death. I mean, that's an amazingly fruitful image to, to, to exploit here for our purposes. Are we exploiting it? Well, it's funny because it's almost like you have the impression today that a lot of people are walking around wondering why they're walking around. What's the point of life? What's the point to what we're doing? We live like in this world that's increasingly tired. And it's a dangerous thing when a society becomes tired, because when a society becomes tired, it's it gets replaced. And I don't want to see our society replaced. But how do you renew it? You renew it from the inside by whom? By leaders. By leaders who are possessed with that creative imagination. To say, golly, I am not here just in order to make the status quo move forward. Jesus Christ gave me a mission. He has given you all a mission. And I know, would you believe the way that Christ gives his mission is by showing mercy? I mean, what a way to bequeath a mission, to actually get inside someone's life and inside of someone's heart and actually speak a word of life there where they're dead. St. Paul was known intimately by Christ. No one knew Paul more than Christ, and St. Paul knew how deeply Christ knew him. And in that intimacy of a knowledge of who he was, St. Paul was able to bring this unchained, unfettered word of God freely into our world. It was because he had encountered Jesus, and encountered Jesus' love in the depths of his being, it's it's really interesting because Saint Paul then says to Saint Timothy that he needs to do the same thing. Right? He says, verse eighteen, "This charge I entrust to you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you." So that's in other words, he's looking at Timothy and he's saying, Saint Timothy, Jesus loves you too. You need to lead the church out of that love. In other words, leadership for a Christian is something that's personal. I don't just lead you with a formula that comes from a box. I don't just lead this world because somehow someone else could do it. If a computer could do it, it's not Christian. A a Christian does things that only they could do with with a creative uniqueness of who they are because God's grace always operates in a personal fashion. That's what's so incredibly beautiful about Catholic leadership is that Catholic leadership flows from a work of grace deep down in the soul of the leader, right? A Catholic who leads is not just following a recipe box. They're giving to this world a unique act of love. I think about this because as a priest, you know, I have to hear confessions and I get to hear confession. I'm so glad to give God's mercy to the people of God. But it's an amazing thing when you hear a confession because all of them are basically the same. I mean, you don't get to know the person by their sins. You actually get to know where the per, what the person is not. That they were not loving, not creative, not patient, not temperate, all these things. And that what they say is, I was intemperate, I was impatient, etc. But it's a really negative statement. And everyone uses the same verbs to say the same things. It's like when you take a house, destroying a house is always done by the same two or three mo- motions. It's not a creative process to destroy a house. Ah, but to build one. Whoa, when you build a house, look at what you're doing. I mean, look at how unique, absolutely special. And the design of the architect is so involved in that creative process. Well, love is always creative. Love is always unique. Love tells me who you are. What you do out of love tells me something wonderful and new. And God wants you to lead his world, your family, your space, your friendships out of that love. You cannot be subtracted from the equation here or withdrawn from God's plan to save the world around you. You are unique and special. I want you to get in touch with that today. Do you know how wonderful you are? Gallup did a poll and they found that less than 15% of America can actually list three good qualities about themselves. I couldn't believe that when I read it. I'll repeat it. Only less than f- fewer than 15% of Americans walking around today could tell you three strengths that they possess. No wonder it's so easy to lead people down the path that whatever company wants to be, to lead them down. No wonder everyone resembles a group of lemmings today. To be honest with you, it's because, well, when you don't know who you are and what's unique about you, you let everyone else define your world. And there's St. Paul looking at St. Timothy. Look at what he says. St. Paul says, verse 13, Though formerly I was a blasphemer, persecutor, an insolent opponent, I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly and unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. (laughs) He goes, This saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. Isn't that amazing? Paul didn't hesitate to bear witness to St. Timothy and to the whole world that he was loved by God who had redeemed him from his sin. And out of that relationship with Jesus, out of that love, he was pouring forth his own life in service to the church and to everyone else. And that's what he wanted for St. Timothy. And that's what I want for you. I want you to take stock of the beautiful uniqueness of Christ's love for you, and then take that love as the basis that you walk into your family and into your job and into this world with. You are nobody's slave when you are God's servant. This is Father Nathan. I know that there are many ways to learn leadership and that there's many great methods out there that are even put forth by Catholics. But here at the St. John Leadership Institute, we actually have a unique way of forming leaders. It's called Audeo, that's Latin for I dare. At our campus in Denver, Catholics can learn an authentically Catholic way to become a leader. Check us out on our website, St. John Leadership Institute Org. All right, so after talking to us about how the, the, you know, Timothy should keep his eye on the prize, which is this, that the aim of the charge is the love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith, he then goes on to say, Timothy, you've got to encounter the Lord and let the Lord be at the heart of your leadership. And I want to say that that's regardless of whether you're in the church or business. Guys, you know, so many of us, we're looking for excuses to put our faith in a box. You mustn't put your faith in a box. Faith is not intended to be put in a box. It's intended to be put on a lampstand. <laughs> okay? I mean, like, you are not, in other words, supposed to be, as a Christian, say, my Christian part of me is somewhere in my grandpa's, you know, uh, rosary beads, you know, way over in, the, you know, buried with him in the cemetery. There's Catholic tradition in a Bible somewhere in my house. The, 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 your faith is supposed to be what integrates everything else that you do. You lead from your faith and out of your faith because the faith is the center of your identity. And, and St. Paul wants that to be the case. What, what a difference it would make. And I want you to think yourself, would your business really suffer if it was led by a Christian? If the answer to that question is that it would, there's probably a deeper problem going on in the business, to be honest with you. Christ doesn't take down business. Christ sanctifies business. He himself was the son of a carpenter who had to therefore engage in the world of business. He had to exchange his services for the the goods of this earth to stay alive and to sustain his life and the life of his mother. And St. Joseph was a businessman. St. Peter was a businessman. Shepherds are businessmen. I mean, folks, business is is integrated into everything that we do in this life. And Jesus Christ himself, by applying the trade of the carpenter, actually himself witnessed his blessing over the world of business. But St. Paul is not done. He, he finishes this first chapter with this very stirring charge. He says, verse 18, this is 1 Timothy 1, 18, This charge I entrust to you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, holding faith and good conscience. St. Paul finishes his letter by reminding St. Timothy that th- this is going to be hard and that the defense that he has to play should actually be looked at as a type of offense. In other words, he's there to protect the vision of the community and to keep the word of God that St. Paul had given to him at at the center place of what they were trying to do. But by so doing, he would actually be playing a role that was creative, innovative, and on the offense. Because when you put the word of God and, and the love of God There, in the middle of your community, things are going to change. The community itself will radiate a light and a peace and a grace that will challenge the culture around it, and that's going to that's going to entail conflict. Saint Paul finishes his letter by saying, Saint Timothy, get ready to fight a war. He uses the Greek word twice, which is the word for warfare or waging war, stratayan. Right? He says, I want you to stratue towards a i want you in other words to wage war in that amazing battle that amazing war which is that which is in front of you so it's, it's amazing to think of yourselves as leaders as as people who are supposed to be engaged in the struggle sometimes when the hard times come or the battles are around us we think that we're doing something wrong and yes sometimes we are doing things that are wrong right like sometimes not everything's supposed to be hard But everything is supposed to be strategic. It's where we get the word from, for strategy. It's the Greek word for making war, right? So us moving the ball down the field, becoming uh, a little bit more dangerous, so to speak, in the way that we're thinking about what we're doing. How can I make a bigger impact for God? How can I let God use me to work his wonder in this world? Letting ourselves surrender ourselves in the hands of God will not bring us peace in the worldly sense okay it'll bring us hardship because there's nothing harder than trying to bring god's love directly present on the face of this earth in effective ways and yet that's why you're doing what you're doing we do our businesses we do our professions we run our companies we lead everywhere we do in the secular sense and the economic sense for the sake of the moral change that that effectuates both inside of us and the people who are around us. And that moral change, having our eye on it as coming from charity and coming from God will be a change that beautifies this world and sets it free. And so my friends be prepared for war against the principalities of the air against the culture of death. Be prepared to fight as a true leader of Christ by making the stances, saying the good things, and running businesses that truly glorify God. I don't know why else we would do it if it's not for that. Christ is risen from the dead, this world is worth
0: fighting for,
1: and we're gonna be the ones to do it.
0: Dare great things for Christ. Share your feedback with Father Nathan send us an email at info at That's info at stjohninstitute.org. And don't forget to subscribe to premium video content to form, unite, and inspire you at Eagle Eye Pro on our website, eagleeyeministries.org. That's eagleeyeministries.org.